Baker Mayfield. Here you go. Just the way you like it. Center stage. National TV. Down 14-0. Baker back. Baker looking. Baker loads. He throws. Landry got it. Mayfield takes the snap. Gives it. Hyde runs right. He's going in. Touchdown. And with great pride, I say, the Browns are in victory formation. Baker Mayfield takes a knee. Count it down, everybody. The Browns are winners tonight. You know, obviously, uh, what he did tonight was outstanding uh, for the football team and for his teammates and just the way he competed. Uh, but again, I have to watch the tape and, uh, and we'll go from there. Oh, there's no tape to watch. Hugh Jackson, coach of the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield mania, baby. Welcome to week three in the National Football League to TSN Four Downs. I'm Andy McNamara, and you're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. Folks, I'm glad this show was not on a Friday. (laughs) I don't know if I could have done it. 635 days of winless football comes to an end in Cleveland for the Browns. And folks, I'm in such a good mood today. You know what? I'm going to give away some free pizza. How about that? Going to give away some free pizza just because Baker's in. Browns win. You benefit. Domino's Pizza will be given away during this show. And I'll tell you how a little bit later on. But also, even if you don't win, guess what? The good news keeps coming. It is 50% off week at Domino's, everybody. So until Sunday, so you're watching the big games, you're watching football, go get yourself some 50% off Domino's pizza. All you do, any regular priced pizza for carryout, online orders at dominoes.ca, get half off. Whatever size, however many you want, whatever toppings, all 50% off until this Sunday at dominoes.ca. Got a great show for you today. Not going to be all Browns, I promise. Don't worry. Don't worry. I I, I get you. Uh, I'm going to have from Pro Football Weekly, it'll be Eric Edholm, Carson Wentz returning. Can Ryan Fitzpatrick and Patrick Mahomes keep up this torrid pace of success? Matt Burita, the leading rusher in the NFL. Like, what is going on? We'll get to all that with Eric Edholm in about a half hour time. Also, co-founder of DynastyNerds.com, Rich Dotson. Friend of show, Dynasty Rich, with some fantasy football tips for you. Because with all these surprises or holdouts or got like you, you might be getting a little bit turned around in your fantasy league so rich has got you covered and i'll also have you covered if you have any fantasy football questions you can tweet me ask andy hashtag ask andy to at andy mc81 or at tsn4 down so fantasy football questions just use that hashtag and i'll find it hashtag ask andy at andy mc81 We'll get to your fantasy football questions a little bit later on in the show. Last segment, as well as my DraftKings sleepers. We have our own DraftKings contest for you here for four downs. I've coined it the Andy Mack Invitational. And I'll, the link is tweeted out now at TSN and the number four downs. So you can try to join up there or do a search on DraftKings, whatever you like. But there is so much to get to, so much news. Let's get to three and out. First down. And we'll begin with TSN NFL insider Jabari Greer answering the question that after the Browns win over the New York Jets, Tyrod Taylor out with the concussion got injured. Baker came in to save the day like a savior on a white horse. Is this now? Is this Browns team now Baker Mayfield's team? 
Well, I think it is. And I'm a fan of Tyrod, so it, it hurts me to say it. But the truth is, is that when Tyrod was in the game, they were lackluster on the offense. You see, he had a slow and beleaguered release. It seemed as if he was in pain every time he got hit. Uh, I believe Baker Mayfield gives that, that offense and that team a better opportunity to move down the field, to respond to some youth. And he looks like he's something special. So I'm not going to crown him yet. But what I am going to say is that he has a crown in the back pocket. That's Jabari Greer. Yeah, and this is the difference. If you watch this game, it's so incredible what great quarterback play does to a team. Because when Tyrod was in there, one of the criticisms of him is that he doesn't take chances and he is too deliberate, too safe. And what happens when you have a very good pass rush like the Jets have, if you're too safe and take too long analyzing the field, you get sacked. You get hurried. You get forced into making bad decisions, and that's what we saw. Tyrod couldn't even get back. They were just sending the house because they did not respect his deep ball. He was throwing the odd deep ball, that one to Antonio Callaway, that could have gone for 70, a 75-yard touchdown, underthrown, underthrown long ball. So what does that mean? Well, it means defenses don't respect the long ball. Stack the box, so if you try to run, clog you up. You try to run as a quarterback, they stuff you, and they can get to you a lot quicker. When Baker came in, he looks to make plays. Baker Mayfield doesn't look to check down. Looking downfield, having that first read, re- quick release, and that just forces everybody back. And all of a sudden, the offensive line looked better. The running game looked better. Heck, even the defense and special teams looked better. All because of what Baker Mayfield did. And I was seeing online, people saying, oh, how can Hugh Jackson not name Baker Mayfield the starter right away? Because Hugh Jackson is a classy guy. Is he a great coach? Well, a 2-32-1 and and record suggests a no. No, he's not, but he is a classy guy. And what you don't do is when your starting quarterback, who's also a team captain, gets knocked out of the game with a concussion, you don't name his replacement officially before you even have a chance to talk to him. Baker Mayfield is going to start. If he doesn't, Hugh Jackson's going to be fired. Sorry. He's going to be fired right away. That is the end of it. But he wants to have a chance to talk to Tyrod, to give him some respect, right? He's, he's a very well-liked, he's a team captain, he's a leader. You don't want to do him like that. So that's the only reason that Hugh Jackson is, is taking that role. But, but Baker Mayfield starting against the Oakland Raiders next Sunday. All right, moving on. Second down. Oh, the drama in Pittsburgh, folks. Who continues. Still no Le'Veon Bell. Antonio Brown getting into Twitter spats last weekend. He said to a former... Steelers PR guy, who, by the way, why is this joker tweeting the ex-PR guy at Antonio Brown? Bizarre. So Antonio got frustrated. Team's losing. Said, well, trade me then. And then he said he didn't mean to be traded. And his agent said he took the day off because it was a, a predetermined day off. But then head coach Mike Tomlin said he's been disciplined. Brown responds by saying, well, uh, the team sucks. Okay, well, NFL Network's Mike Garofolo breaks down Antonio Brown and the winless Steelers drama. Uh, you know, a little angst for a team that's not used to being this far behind this early in the season. And that's why you saw that outburst from Antonio Brown. From what I was told, someone with an earshot of him on the field on Sunday said he was telling the offensive coaches, get me down the field. Let me make some plays down the field. He had 17 targets. That's a lot. But a lot of those targets were close to the line of scrimmage. Some screen passes, short crossers and hooks. He's saying, I can get downfield. I can make plays. Now, his frustration, he claims, was about, I want to help this team win, not an individual thing. I've covered many really good players over the years, and they feel like 
the way that we can win, get me the football. So if that's the case with Antonio Brown, he's got a point on this one. He really could have helped this team on Sunday if they designed some stuff to get him down the field. Look for that this weekend. Yeah, I think Antonio Brown's going to have a big game. But to add to that drama, Stormy Daniels, who's apparently turned her attention away from Donald Trump, says, quote, she was terrified of Ben Roethlisberger after QB made a kiss attempt. When does it end for the Pittsburgh Steelers? As a Browns fan, I, I really hope it doesn't. But it is just something where the drama is on. Is this the tipping point of the Steelers? Is this the point where it's too much? Ultimately, they have so much talent. I think they come out and unite and make a statement this weekend. It's going to be a fun one against the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with, with Fitzmagic. Ryan Fitzpatrick just being an absolute beast. All right, let's move on. Third down. And the Sunday nighter has Bill Belichick going up against another old coordinator. This time Matt Patricia, now head coach of the Detroit Lions. And Belichick assistants that become head coaches after leaving the Patriots typically flop. In fact, well, all of them to this point have flopped. And you can say Nick Saban, but he had to go back to college to be a major success. But ESPN's Teddy Bruschi feels that Patricia may have a shot against his old boss this weekend. Sunday's affair between the Pats and the Lions will mark the 20th time Bill Belichick has faced a former assistant coach in the regular season. So how has the pupil fared in the matchups? Well, Belichick holds an 11-8 edge over his four former assistants. That might be not quite as high as you might anticipate, winning each of the last four games against his disciples. So, Teddy, if, if you had to say, as we welcome you into the Verizon film room over here, if you had to say, what kind of an advantage would it be for Belichick going against his former guys or right, the other way, maybe? Well, right now, based on last week, I'll say this. I think... Matt Patricia may have a little bit of an advantage, and I'll say that because what Jacksonville had success against them, uh, the, the Patriots' defense, short, easy crossers, nice, nice safe passes to the running backs were very successful. Actually, there were free runners on crossers. These, this is fundamental stuff. So how do they fix those problems, and what are their adjustments? I think Matt Patricia knows those adjustments and how to continue to, to attack those. So that can be said on both sides. Yes, I know this, but seeing the problems and trying to attack them again, I think Matt Patricia could have an advantage. Oh, I'm going to have to disagree, I think, with Teddy Bruschi. He could, but I don't think he will because the Lions suck. Like, that culture and the transition to Matt Patricia trying to instill the Patriot way in Detroit since the offseason, it's come out. It has not gone well. They've lost 30-27 to to the 49ers. They've lost 48-17 to to the Jets. This is supposed to be your defensive specialist? I think he's right in the sense that Matt Stafford could have a nice day, and that offense is still has plenty of weapons. But defensively, I'm feeling that Belichick and Brady make a bit of a statement here. And it'll be also very interesting to see how Josh Gordon is incorporated into that lineup. What type of usage he gets. Is he in for spots, just joining the team this week, right? So how is Josh Gordon going to be affected into this game? Uh, boy, that is a rough start for Matt Patricia with the Lions, though. All right, let's punt to the poll question here. At AndyMC81 and at TSN4Downs, you can uh, vote on the poll here. Here's the question. What has been most surprising in the early part of this NFL season? What has been the most surprising in the early part of this NFL season to you? Is it Ryan Fitzpatrick as the passing yards leader? Is it Baker Mayfield wins for the Browns? Is it Pat Mahomes of the Chiefs with the most touchdowns in the NFL with 10? That's sick. Or Le'Veon Bell still holding out. 
Like, shouldn't this be over by now? So, is it Fitzpatrick yards leader, Mayfield wins for the Browns, Mahomes most touchdowns in the NFL, or Le'Veon Bell still holding out for the Steelers? Vote at TSN 4 Downs at AndyMC81. Producer Sean Lavery. Shawnee, how are you voting in this one, man? Because all of these are surprises, but which is the most surprising to you? See, this is a good poll because it has two answers from my opinion. My brain says it's Ryan Fitzpatrick because he's the biggest story in the NFL right now. If you told me in August that Ryan Fitzpatrick would be the biggest story at week three, I would have laughed. Yes. My heart says the biggest story <laughs> is Le'Veon Bell. Uh, as a fantasy owner, drafted him second overall. The fact Ooh. he's still holding out, I, just, yeah. I convinced myself the holdout wouldn't go beyond week one even. Uh, so the fact that he's still holding out is a big surprise to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. And I voted for Le'Veon Bell as well, um, simply because the pattern before has been he holds out, he complains, but he comes back and plays. Right, comes back, and then, okay, you sort it out. The fact that he's still out entering week three, and that he's costing himself over 800 grand per game missed. That is quite a dedication to trying to get a larger contract. Seems a little counterintuitive. You're losing money to try to make more money. But, yeah, Fitzpatrick, shocking. Also, his... His get up at the press conference, legend. He's the hero we need, Sean. Like Brian Fitzpatrick's get up. Fitzmagic, yes. Fitz, well, hey, I, I don't know how much longer we can call him Fitzmagic because Minka Fitzpatrick is trademarking that term smartly. Wow. Isn't that great? The business of the NFL, it never. Oh, Minka's it ruins like. All the fun. Oh, yeah, Minka's like, no, no, no. You can call your stuff. Hey, he's going to get paid off. I dig it. And then, of course, Pat Mahomes. Like, the, the expectations for Pat Mahomes coming out, we didn't know. Everyone knew he had the big arm, but. He's still a first-year quarterback. And zero interceptions. I think more so than him leading the NFL in touchdowns is that he has thrown zero interceptions. All remarkable stories. And, of course, Baker Mayfield coming in on a white stallion like a knight to save the day and have the Browns win. Uh, any of those are good. But I'll go with Bell still holding out. You can vote at TSN4Downs at AndyMC81. What's been most surprising in the early part of the NFL season to you? We'll get into some fantasy Football Talk after the break. Co-founder of DynastyNerds.com, Rich Dodson, joins me next. You're listening to TSN 4 Downs on TSN 1050 Toronto and TSN 1150 Hamilton. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Save you from my singing of OHIO, the official Ohio State Browns and Ohio football song, Hang On Sloopy. Celebrating the Browns' first win here on TSN 4 Downs, on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. Andy McNamara with you. Remember, folks, I'm going to be giving away Domino's Pizza on the show. What you're going to do after this show, after my pin tweet with the show link is up, you just follow at AndyMC81 on Twitter, at TSN 4 Downs, and retweet my pin tweet. You can win yourself some Domino's Pizza. So make sure you check out that. If you have any fantasy football questions, use the hashtag AskAndy. Right now, we got some fantasy football tips from my guy Rich Dotson, who's out of Cleveland, from DynastyNerds.com. Caught up with him a little bit earlier. 
Rich, you're a Cleveland guy, and it is celebration mode here on TSN 4 Downs, the Browns' first victory in 635 days. Um, I love the poll question that you put up at Dynasty Rich. It was, is Baker Mayfield the best quarterback in the, or who is the, the best quarterback in the NFL? And then you listed Baker Mayfield three times. Uh, <laughs> from a fantasy relevance perspective, moving forward, going into Oakland, is Baker a viable quarterback to start in your league? Absolutely. I think so. I've been telling everybody to pick him up. You know, with his accuracy, Andy, he's somebody that you can trust right away. Mm-hmm. He's not just some rookie where it's like Sam Darnold who doesn't have a lot of starts. You know, he's a fifth-year fifth redshirt freshman uh, or senior. So he's got a lot of experience under his belt. Accuracy, weapons around him. He's going to be a viable option going forward. He's still a rookie, so you can't expect amazing things. But we saw a little glimpse of that yesterday or on Thursday night football with what he can do. 200 yards just in the second half alone. No touchdowns thrown because they, they ran it. Those a couple of touchdowns in that game. He's a viable fantasy option. Baker Mayfield somebody that I've been preaching from the get-go. Since before, I think back in January, I was always saying on this draft, there's one player that is 100% guaranteed going to be good, and that was Baker Mayfield. Oh, Everything he's done from that point to this date forward has not changed my mind. This guy is going to be fantastic. I love him. He's my favorite player in the NFL. And that poll that I put out, that was a very serious poll, Andy. Right. Those are very tough questions. Is it Baker? Is it Baker? Or is it Baker? Because I don't know which one to pick, but one of those guys is the best quarterback in the NFL. I'm with you. And I voted for, I I had a write-in vote. I put D all of the above. I think that might also help. Nice. Good choice. Great choice. Great choice. (laughs) So, got some Twitter questions for us here. Rich, you can uh, tweet your questions in. Hashtag AskAndy, at AndyMC81, and Rich at DynastyRich. Of course, Rich Dotson of Dynasty Nerds. Goes to the Jay Ajayi question. And got a tweet in, because I saw one uh, that you tweeted about Corey Clement being a must-pickup now with Sproles and Ajayi out. Uh, This tweet says that uh, Clement is gone from his waiver wire, is there anybody else out there that you can recommend waiver wire running back in a PPR league? That comes from Larry. You say Corey Clement's gone? Yeah, he's gone from the waiver wire. Uh, it's going to be choice. I mean, it's kind of tough. I mean, it's kind of a vacuum to see who's, yeah. in, I mean, who's available. You might want to see if Latavius Murray's available now that Dalvin Cook's been ruled out of the sideline. Latavius Murray's going to come in. You know, he's somewhat viable. I know Kenneth Dixon and Buck Allen, they had 22 touches for 76 yards and two touchdowns in week one. And Austin Eckler turned his 14 touches into like almost 100 yards last week versus Buffalo. So that's a very buff, uh, beatable defense in Buffalo. So if Latavius Murray's down there, he's a great, you know, pick off the waiver wire, start him, get him in this week, enjoy the points, and then get out kind of player. So in a vacuum, it's kind of hard to say, but I would assume he's available, I think, right now in ESPN leagues, about 45% of the leagues. A guy like Latavius Murray, great spot start versus Buffalo. Are you buying any of the Indianapolis Colts running backs? Like, It just seems like they're one of those teams where they, they just never can get quality running back play. Like, it, like Wilkins kind of flashed a little bit, but I'm not really buying it with the output. Is, is, is there anybody from the Colts that you like? Man, let's hit Le'Veon Bell is going to look great in a Colts uniform next year. It's going to look fantastic <laughs> out there. Uh, right now, no. You know, Jordan Wilkins is probably the guy to go with right now, but he's just another guy. Marlon Mack, he's got a shoulder injury, ruled out again this week. I think your best bet in that league is hoping that they really start to utilize in that quick, up-tempo offense, a guy like Naheem Hines, who catches the football well. Because I think where the most value is going to come in that team when it comes to fantasy football points and running backs, it's going to be Naheem Hines in the passing game. 
You know, week one had seven catches, not a lot of yards, but he still had seven catches. So Frank Wright takes over. He wants to do that quick, up-tempo offense, and that really does suit Naeem Hines to a T. So I'm looking for another waiver wire stash. He's the guy you want to pick up. Utilize him in those PPR leagues. Put him in there in the flex spot if you're real desperate. And then same thing, you hope he gets seven, point, seven catches, maybe 30 yards, maybe somehow squeak a touchdown in there, give you those double-digit points. But that's who I'm thinking going forward for the rest of the year. And I think the, the future at the Colts running back position is not on the team yet. Yeah, I'm totally with you. It just seems to be a black hole there in Indianapolis. Jumping back to the Eagles for a sec, I forgot about Wendell Smallwood. Um, not the sexiest name at all, but I'm wondering, is he somebody, if, if you're not getting Corey Clement, is he worth the risk? He's got had to, had a whole two points uh, last week. Yeah, again, you could get him every wire, wire, you could put him in, huge risk. Very you know, big, look, yeah. Can you get a couple of catches? It really is going to be the Corey Clement show there uh, for this week. So, guys like that that you're going to find on your waiver wire, you can pick them up, you can hope for the best, but you've got to know what you're doing yourself, putting yourself in that position. You, you, like I said, if you get two points, you can't sit here and say, oh, what happened? What happened? Yeah. You pick somebody up on the last minute and you put them in your starting lineup. This is why you got to draft for depth. Definitely at the running back position. Late in the draft, you shouldn't be drafting, you know, fifth string wide receivers. You need to be drafting running backs like Corey Clement that have an opportunity when somebody gets hurt to get in there and score you some fancy points. That's right. In conversation with Rich Dotson from DynastyNerds.com on Twitter at DynastyRich. Rich, who are some, some streamers, some stardom sit-ems that you got? And, of course, uh, you got the, the podcast up too, right? Yeah, you know, we got the podcast up where we talk about those guys every single week at the Dynasty Nerds podcast. Some week. This week we have some really good guys. You know, like Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, he might seem pretty obvious, but he's still available in a lot of leagues versus Pittsburgh Steelers this week. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the number one overall fantasy scoring player in the NFL right now. Pat, Pat Mahomes lit the Steelers up last week. We have Gio Bernard. Uh, great start this week. Joe Mixon's out for about two to four weeks, most likely going to be four weeks. And Gio Bernard is somebody that, you know, when he gets the opportunity, when he averages about 16 cut touches per game, He's going to average about 16.4 fantasy points per game, about 89 and a half yards, which are really solid points. So Gio Bernard's a great point person to get into this week as a high-end running back, too. Matt Breda, the San Francisco 49ers, great dual-threat player out there. He's going to play uh, this week, and most likely is going to be a high-scoring game. I like Matt Breda to be the guy. I was preaching Matt Breda the whole time when Jarek McKinnon went down. A lot of people want to go to Alfred Morris. Uh, play about saying, you know, Morris might start the year slowly, but kind of think about how Alvin Kamara came on late. I like Breda later uh, in the season, but he's really just coming up swinging. Last week had over 118 yards rushing, very solid player, catches the ball well too. I like Matt Breda as a start going forward. He might be on a lot of people still, you know, maybe a little hesitant, even though he's leading the NFL in rushing. He's somebody that's really nice to get in there. Another nice guy who might be on your waiver wire if you're hurting that wide receiver, Andy, is Tyler Boyd for the Cincinnati Bengals. Tyler Boyd right now is pretty much locked in as a number two receiver for the Bengals. I know they took John Ross top ten last year, had negative fantasy points on the year, but the biggest stat you'll be surprised about with Tyler Boyd is he's played on 82% of the snaps, while John Ross, he's only played on 62% of the snaps. So he's somebody right now that he's not scoring a lot, but last week you can't say that because he came in, had six catches, 91 yards and a touchdown on Thursday night football, really had a nice game. I look for that momentum to continue because Tyler Boyd is a really good prospect that I like coming out of college that 
has all-around potential. Where John Ross really almost fits that bill is that deep threat, kind of like a Will Fuller kind of guy that's going to go, hey, go deep, early Deshaun Jackson, catch it. Where those fantasy points, if he does score, are going to be really sporadic. I think Tyler Boyd can lock himself into a spot where he could be more consistent. Definitely they want to use A.J. Green a little bit more in the slot. A.J. Green so far, every time he's played in the slot, which has been four times, he has scored four touchdowns. Jeez. Pretty pretty efficient. And I like Tyler Boyd from last year, uh, too, there, Rich. He flashed a little bit, so I like that pickup a lot. Uh, let's get one more Twitter question in for you here. This from uh, on Twitter from Steve OOO says, A PPR format, need one for my flex. Alex Collins, Cooper Cup, or Geronimo Allison? Yeah, I'm going to go Cooper Cup there. Uh, he's my number. I got him right around 22 on the week this week versus LA Chargers. Cooper Cup still locked in there as one of Jared Goff's favorite targets. And he's moving the ball around really, really well out there. So I still like Cooper Cup over all those guys. Alex Collins has been somewhat of a disappointment. Definitely when they're giving Buck Allen the goal line carry. Yeah. What is this all about? Oh, I don't Baltimore. know what's going on there in Baltimore, but Alex Collins so far, when it comes to fantasy production, has been a disappointment. Buck Allen has really been outproducing there when it comes to fantasy points. I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to play the, the guy, Cooper Cup. And, and for, for Cooper Cup, it's, it's always tricky with those Rams receivers because Jared Goff doesn't necessarily have a favorite guy. So when you have a Cup, a Woods, and then you kind of spread it around, I think the benefit to Cup here, Rich, is that his floor seems the highest. So it doesn't seem like he'll ever really have a bust-out week. He might not have the superstar week, but he seems like he could be pretty steady because he had 17.8 fantasy points in Week 1, 12.3 in Week 2, and that Chargers D with a uh, banged-up uh, Joey Bosa, certainly eh, you might be able to exploit it a little bit. Absolutely. That's what Cooper Cup is. That's what Cooper is Cup is when he was coming out of college. He say, hey, when you draft this guy on your dynasty team, He's somebody where a couple of weeks here and there are going to have some really nice games, but he's going to be somebody that's going to be really consistent, mm-hmm. You know, a really good wide receiver three all year long, the kind of guy that helps you win a championship, which is our ultimate goal. So I do like Cup, and they are. They're moving the ball around well. Robert Woods, you mentioned. A lot of people don't even know it, but Robert Woods leads up teams and targets. And a lot of people still have Robert Woods on their bench. So it's a good spot to be in. Cooks is scoring. Cup is scoring. Woods is scoring. That's a lot of fantasy football points on one team. I like it. That's right, and that defense. Rich, we'll let you get going. Tell us where we can find you, the podcast, you on Twitter, and all that good stuff. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter if you want to talk fantasy football or learn about the greatest way to play a fantasy, Dynasty Fantasy Football, on Twitter, at Dynasty Rich. Of course, you can check out DynastyNerds.com, which has all the Dynasty information you need and fantasy football articles to help you throughout the year to maintain that excellence. And, of course, if you want to check us out every Wednesday, the Dynasty Nerds podcast comes out every Wednesday of the year. It's going to get you through the year. It's going to make you the most prepared fantasy player in your league. That's the promise we can keep. Love it, Rich. Thank you so much, brother. Talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Andy. Talk soon, man. Bye. There you go, Rich Dotson on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. After the break, NFL writer from Pro Football Weekly, Eric Edholm, to talk about Carson Wentz's return versus Luck. Steelers, we'll talk Brian Fitzpatrick, Mahomes, all the news heading into Week 3 in the National Football League next here on TSN 4 Downs. TSN 4 Downs on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Instagram at AndyMCSports. We are delivered by Domino's. 50% off week, folks. Only till Sunday, though. Go to Domino's.ca. Any regular price menu pizza. Carry out. 
50% off any style, any toppings, any size, however many you want. 50% off perfect football food. Go get yourself some right now at dominoes.ca. Well, there are tons of storylines leading in to NFL Week 3, including the return of Carson Wentz, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I cover a whole bunch with Pro Football Weekly's Eric Edholm. Eric, we saw a coming of age in Cleveland. Baker Mayfield taking over for Tyrod Taylor. End of the second half. Came back, 14-0 deficit, and led the Browns to their first victory in 635 days. But I want to more talk about the kind of the, the rise of the next generation of quarterback. Because we saw Sam Darnold, not a perfect game by any stretch, but he still looks like he has the tools to be the future of the Jets. What do you make of those two quarterbacks and how bright their futures are? Yeah, not a great night for Darnold. And really, not that great a start of the season for him, to be totally honest. Uh, you know, he... he he showed some real poise in the opener, right? He throws yeah. six six in the, in the first play and kind of holds it together and looks like a, you know, a guy who's sort of working through it and figuring it out and not getting faced by by one early mistake. And I, I like that about him. I think he has the maturity. And remember, Sam Darnold is two years and two months younger than Baker Mayfield. Right. I mean, he is the youngest quarterback to start a game in Week One in NFL history. So I think the Jets knew, having you know, making this decision that there would be kind of a process that's involved here. I still think the Jets can be a decent team this season. Not great by any means. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think you could end up seeing an eight and eight type of team where they finish stronger than they start. So yeah, obviously guys like like he and, and Baker Mayfield and you know Josh Allen have totally different situations that they're working with. Um, Baker's performance last night, you, you can't help but get inspired by it. 201 yards in, in just over a half of football. Gutsy throws down the field, the throws that Tyrod Taylor was unwilling to make earlier in the game and then the first two contests for the most part. So, yeah, I mean, I think most, most people now are kind of graduating these guys up faster than we used to see with Aaron Rodgers waiting a couple of years. You know, Carson Palmer not taking a snap his entire rookie season, that sort of thing. It's fun to watch, and I think we're seeing teams in the NFL more willing to take some of those college concepts that these guys have been running for, in some cases, six years, going back yeah. to, to high school ball. Yeah, and and for Baker, Eric, you look at a guy who, as you said, he's older than Darnold, a couple years older, but also played a lot of college ball. This isn't like somebody yep. who played a, a one-and-done type of year. He's played a lot of ball, and there's something to be said. There's that cliche, the intangibles, right? But when you have a guy who's walked on twice, won the Heisman, has constantly overcome, when he went in there, he's the one that looked like the six-year veteran, not Tyrod Taylor. Like, that, that was incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's why, you know, I'm here in Chicago, and, and, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, why hasn't Mitch Trubisky looked as good as, you know, Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes or, you know, some of these other young quarterbacks who have a year under their belt? Well, one of the reasons is that lack of experience. You know, you mentioned all the games that Baker started. Uh, you know, Watson, I think, started something like 29 games. In his, no, sorry, Mahomes was 29 games in his college career. You know, Deshaun Watson played 35 games, four of them in the college football playoffs, two of those against Bama. I mean, that, you know, that's high-level experience right there, whereas Trubisky came in 13 college starts. Now, Cam Newton did the same thing, too, you know, almost a decade ago now, but you know, Cam played in junior college as well. He'd been on that Florida team and would moonlight as a as a quarterback in his freshman year. So, you know, there's different levels of experience. And obviously, you know, somebody like Trubisky, I think we're kind of unfairly beating him up a little bit because he just simply hasn't had the exposure that some of these other guys have who have started for three years in college football. In conversation with Eric Edholm of Pro Football Weekly on Twitter at Eric underscore Edholm. Uh, Eric, let's go to... Philly, 
and the return of Carson Wentz. Nick Foles, it was funny, he wins the Super Bowl, the MVP, then he starts the year, and you remember, it's like, oh, that's why he wasn't starting before. <laughs> right, yeah, I remember now. So now the favored son comes back. It's against a Colts defense, which has been surprisingly good overall, but in general, that Colts team isn't a juggernaut by any stretch. What should we expect out of Carson Wentz? Because there's got to be some rust to shake off there. Sure. And, and, you know, I mean, that that's part of it. He didn't really have a training camp. He, you know, he, even though he worked on seven and seven stuff in, in June and, and parts of, you know, the off season, I mean, we're, we're still talking about a guy who's got to get his timing down, who still doesn't have Alshon Jeffrey out there, you know, who, you know, they're still trying to figure out what their, their kind of go-to formations and personnel packages are right now without, you know, a couple of their key guys. They lost with Garrett Blount. They're kind of their big rumbler, too. And, you know, just little changes like that will throw you off your, your rhythm and your tempo and just your feel for play calling. So I'm not worried about the Eagles long term. You just look at the NFC East and you say they should win that division. But early on, yeah, I don't think it's shocking if Wentz plays – on a similar level to where Foles has been the first couple games, and that's okay. He'll get back into that rhythm. He'll find his way. You know, Frank Reich, head coach of the Colts, probably has some real familiarity on this, you know, Eagles team. He he was with them the last couple years and obviously has a good idea for what they can do and what they can't do, and that could keep it close. You know, Andrew Luck hasn't looked terrible. He's been pretty good. That Colts defense you mentioned turned in a great performance last week. I was stunned at how well they played. I thought this might have been one of the bottom – three or four or five defenses in the NFL coming into the season, but last week may have may have made me look kind of silly. Well, Eric, you mentioned you're out of Chicago and with Mitch Trubisky and the Bears, but the story, of course, Khalil Mack. Like just, but wait, a quick side note, my favorite quote maybe of the year is John Gruden saying, oh yeah, tough uh, pass rushers are, are hard to come by. You had one. You had the best in the biz right in your, your pocket and you, and you gave him away. What does Khalil Mack Coming to the Bears, just just do for that club. Because game one, we saw just the impact he had. And, and when you have to account for him, a, a true double team, every time he's out there, that's that helps the whole defense. Did that one move kind of shift the whole kind of mindset of that Bears defense? That, hey, man, you know what? Maybe we can grind this thing out old school. Yeah, and quick side note, John Gruden has to be trolling us at this point, I, right? I, I mean, hey, so. he, he, this has to be him kind of just <laughs> thumbing his nose at, at the, wow, boy, I don't know where we're going to find pass rush from. And oh, these guys are hard to find. I mean, come on, John. Let's have either you're lacking in self-awareness. And I like John Gruden. I, you know, he's always been good to me. And I have, you know, not not too many bad personal things to say about him. But, yeah, that's, that's just bizarre to hear that. But, yeah, when you look at this Bears team, I mean, the one thing they were really missing coming into the season was – that defined edge rusher because Leonard Floyd has been up and down, a little disappointing, injury prone. He's wearing this club on his hand. You know, Aaron Lynch on the other side, they were counting on him for something. And even though I didn't, I didn't see him practice once the summer, he had a training camp practice under his belt. So for them to be able to get a 27 year old pass rusher in the prime of his career, former defensive player of the year, I mean, that 2006 season by Mac was one of the best defensive player seasons I think I've ever seen. Really. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, not maybe not Lawrence Taylor level, but not too far off. And, you know, he's just made a difference. This, this group finished, I think, ninth in yards allowed and like 10th in points last season. It quietly had a pretty good defense. The good quarterbacks, though, were still able to carve them up. Let's not forget the fourth quarter to the Packers. But, yeah. you know, really seven out of the eight quarters they've played – 
This Bears defense has been excellent. I mean, really good, especially in the first half. Go back and look. And who do they play this weekend? Arizona Cardinals, probably the worst first-half team through two weeks in the NFL. They've just been putrid offensively. So unless they have solutions for Mac and Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman, who's had a great start to his season, too, coming off a contract as well, I mean, I, you know, that's, that could be a potentially bad matchup out there, even though it's in Arizona. Yeah, I think that that Cardinals team is is baffling. David Johnson hasn't been able to do anything. The O-line. And Sam Bradford, when he has been able to stay on the field and healthy, which is rare, usually is a high percentage completion, safe passing guy, moves the ball and, you know, does a good job. But six points, I'm wondering, we talked about the, the three other rookie quarterbacks. When does Josh yeah. Rosen get a look out there in Arizona? Because uh, there's there seems to be very little holding holding uh, him back with that offense the way it's operating. It's not going to happen at four fifteen Eastern to, uh, on Sunday, <laughs> but by five thirty we could be having that discussion. Ah. Here, here's the problem that I see. I've watched both their games offensively. What you notice is that they're going quick game a lot. They're going three step drops. They are. They have a very basic four-play run game right now. It's, you know, inside zone, trap, outside zone. There's not a lot of deception going on up front. But the passing game, I think part of the reason why Mike McCoy, the offensive coordinator, is doing it is to protect that balky knee of, of Bradford's. Mm. They're just, they, they feel like the offensive line has not done a good job blocking. He's getting hit quite a bit. He's already been hit like 11 times through two games, only been sacked three or four, but still, I mean – you know, the hits are what you worry about. Sam can go from healthy and looking good to out in one play. That's right. just who he is at this point. Not a $20 million quarterback. That was my biggest issue with that contract. So, yeah, if they're struggling and they need a spark, maybe you go to Rosen at this point. He would be the last rookie QB of those top five, including Lamar Jackson, to play this season. But he was my number two behind Baker. I had Baker first. I had, I had Rosen number two, and I had Darnold a little bit after that. So I would be excited. The only problem is they would have to stretch things out a little bit. You can't just keep running those short routes, plants, hitches, out patterns, because Larry Fitzgerald's got a bum hamstring. The tight ends haven't produced yet. And the young receivers, Christian Kirk and, and you know, Williams and, and J.J. Nelson, they just they haven't gained separation off the line. If I were a defense, I would just press them at the line. Make him double move me every time. It's just not working right now. No, it certainly isn't. Uh, Eric, you do such great work on uh, Pro Football Weekly. Thank you so much for taking the time. Let's do it again soon. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. That was Eric Edholm from Pro Football Weekly on Twitter at Eric underscore Edholm. We'll take the break, come back on the other side, finish up with some fantasy football talk. Use hashtag AskAndy on Twitter at AndyMC81. Get to your fantasy football questions, my sleeper picks of the week, and our custom DraftKings contest next on TSN 4 Downs. up TSN 4 Downs on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1050 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. 50% off. We get Domino's, people. Only till Sunday. Go right now. Domino's.ca Any size, any type of pizza for carryout, regular menu price. Domino's.ca 50% off. And to win yourself some Domino's pizza. Browns won. Baker Mayfield's in as the savior. So I'm in a good mood giving away Domino's pizza. So after today's show, I will pin the show link at AndyMC81. All you have to do is retweet that and make sure you follow at AndyMC81 and at TSN4Downs. We'll do the draw Sunday night to win some Domino's pizza. 
Just for you guys. So how about that? All right. We'll bring in producer Sean Lavery for hashtag ask Andy to get the fantasy football questions in. Shawnee, what do we got? First one from at Maddie Fat Sacks at NDMC. Amazing. Which tight end should I start? Eric Ebron of the Colts or Evan Ingram of the Giants? The Colts are at the Eagles and the Giants are at the Texans. Well, it was close at first to me, but then with Jack Doyle being ruled out for the Colts, I'm all in on Eric Ebron here. The pressure is off from his time in Detroit. First round pick, it's off. He seems to have found a nice groove with Andrew Luck as a secondary option. Big red zone target. I like Eric Ebron in this one. Second one comes from BG at NDMC81. Hashtag ask Andy. Which running back is better this week? Is it Derrick Henry of the Titans or Aaron Jones of the Packers? The Titans are at Jacksonville and the Packers are at Washington. I never like anybody versus that Jacksonville defense. Still, that's pretty oh, that's pretty tough. Uh, Aaron Jones coming back off suspension. Could he be a bit rusty? Yes. Is he going to be motivated? Absolutely. And with Aaron Rodgers not as mobile and favoring that knee, they might look to utilize the running game a little bit more here. So I would say Aaron Jones on that one. And our final one for the week comes from Spencer Crow. Hashtag Ask Andy. Who do you prefer to start at QB in week three? Is it Carson Wentz making his 2018 debut versus, Indian- versus Indianapolis or Matt Stafford on Sunday Night Football against New England? Oh, and this this sparked some debate on Twitter with our, our TSN 1050's own Michael DeStefano. Uh, I'm thinking, when you look at Carson Wentz, and where you have such an extended layoff, that always makes me nervous, right? When you have a guy coming off, even though we know what Wentz can do, there's got to be some rust, right? Still doesn't have Alshon Jeffrey. What is he going to be able to do compared with Matt Stafford and the Detroit Lions? Now, you're going up against Belichick. I've gone back and forth on this. I On Twitter, I believe I said Wentz, um, but I, I'm starting to lean more towards Matt Stafford because when you look at what Belichick has been able to do. Are they going to win the game? Yeah, I think so. I think they're going to be able to 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 take out the Lions who are totally dysfunctional. We talked about that off the top. But Stafford has a lot of weapons. So if we're talking not win-wise, but just fantasy-wise, Matt Stafford, chuck it to Golden Tate, right? You got, you got a whole lot of options there. I'm going to lean towards Matt Stafford. Wentz could ball out, but there's just a little bit too many questions on what Carson Wentz is going to be in his first week back. So I will say for this one, I'll go with Matt Stafford. I will go with Matt Stafford on there. So there you go. Uh, And we have our customized DraftKings contest for TSN 4 Downs. You can go to DraftKings.com. I've coined it the Andy Mack Invitational. We tweeted out the link at TSN 4 Downs. You can enter, win yourself some cash, and play head-to-head with me. See who's better. Think you're good at fantasy football, baby? Let's go! We got the lineups here. Sean, do you have your lineup set? This is a this is a, a big week because you look at, let's say, the more expensive quarterbacks. Pat Mahomes at $7,000, 10 touchdowns. But also, Ryan Fitzpatrick still, after all he's done, is 6000 bucks. He is less costly than Russell Wilson, than Cam Newton, than Deshaun Watson. Like, Cam Newton may be an argument, but Deshaun Watson, who hasn't done that much, fits magic. And putting up all those targets with Deshaun Watson. Like, I might think of sta- or Deshaun Jackson. I might think of stacking Fitzpatrick and Jackson here. It's, it's tough. I, Fitzmagic is tough for me to hop on as, in a fantasy option. Um, I, I don't really think I, I have the kahunas to really <laughs> join the Fitzmagic train. So I went with uh, Kirk Cousins uh, at 6800 bucks against Buffalo. 
the the line is huge on this game. Yeah, um, the Vikings are favored by seventeen. So and Cousins has honestly had a great two weeks as, as kind has. of a question mark for Minnesota. He's been great, so I'm going to keep rolling with Cousins. He's got a lot of weapons there too, Diggs, Thielen. But we know at some point for Fitzpatrick, it's going to come back down to earth. It just depends when that happens. And so from my, I'm riding the hot hand in my year long. I dropped Alex Smith. I picked up Fitzpatrick. As a backup option. So I put in, I'm pl- actually playing Fitzpatrick over Phil Rivers this week. I'm going all in on Fitzmagic. So that's for quarterback. Then we go to running back. Remember, Dalvin Cook is out. For me, Latavius Murray is a must start against Buffalo. We talk about the weapons for Cousins. They can just, if this becomes a blowout, just hand it off to Murray, right? And, and like last year, when Cook got injured, the difference is you don't have Jarek McKinnon coming into vulture time. It's going to be all Murray. It's going to be all Murray there. So you can do that. We talked about Eric Ebron. I like him as a, a tight end option. And a couple sleepers for you as well, which you can find at the DK Playbook on DraftKings.com. I have my four sleepers out. For quarterback, if you're looking to save a little bit of money, how do you like this, Shawnee? Mitch Trubisky of the Bears. And the reason is they're going up against the Arizona Cardinals, who have been hot garbage. Just a flame of trash this early in the season. Only six total points scored. Now, that doesn't have anything to do with Trubisky, of course, but that defense hasn't been able to hold anybody. The offense is terrible. That whole team just sucks. So for 5500 bucks, you see Trubisky on an upward trend. It'll be his third game in that new Matt Nagy offense coming in as head coach. See him get a little bit more confident. Fantasy numbers going up a little bit. So I'll say you get yourself some Mitch Trubisky there. Uh, Will Disley from... From the Seattle Seahawks. Who who heard of this guy? Fourth round pick. The Ginger Giant. Got just a shock of red hair. Touchdown dependent. But again, for a value, 3300 bucks. I think that's a smart plan on defense. If you want to get away, try just some, for some of those differential points. Don't take the sexy picks of the Vikings or the Bears. Go with the Miami Dolphins. We chatted earlier about how the Raiders are a hot mess. John Gruden making the ridiculous statements of, Oh, it's tough to find a pass rusher. Yeah, John, that's why you don't trade freaking Khalil Mack, right? They're a mess. The Dolphins are 2700 bucks and have 13 fantasy points in each of the last two games. I think they're a smart pickup, and if you're playing uh, DFS, they're cheap. So I think you can go there. Anyway, folks, that's it for now. Make sure, try to win yourself some free Domino's pizza. Just retweet my pin tweet with the show link at AndyMC81. Follow at TSN4Downs. Thank you to all our guests. Enjoy the games, folks. You've been listening to TSN 4 Downs on TSN 1050 Toronto and TSN 1150 Hamilton.